On front page this morning, I have veteran journalist Terence Fernandez and Najib Najib, news editor at Astro Awani. Good morning, folks. Morning, Chaz. Now, the latest uh, from uh, PT3, there are big changes ahead in the Form 3 assessment examinations this year under a new format. The changes include written exams for history and geography, as well as an introduction of multiple choice questions in two new subjects. Apparently, ASA Science Computer and Reka Bento in Technology uh, will be replacing the living skills. Do you feel that these two subjects are more relevant today compared to living skills, Terence? The current objective of uh, living skills or kemahiran hidup in the MOE manual, and I quote the manual, is to encourage self-improvement, being creative and innovative in designing and producing products out of variable sources. But it adds such as wood, plywood and composite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so specific, okay. right? <laughs> yeah. So this new syllabus, I suppose, emphasizes on technology. And um, we we're know, moving with the times, basically. We are yeah. Moving with, yeah, we are moving with the times. But we, are, we haven't ha- seen the syllabus proper. We don't know what it's all about. But I think it's, it's meant to encourage uh, innovative and creative thinking. Mm. Because the li- because living skills uh, syllabus today also talks about culinary arts, also yeah. does uh, carpentry, mm-hmm. uh, agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. So if these issues, if these components are not in the new uh, uh, syllabus, maybe we need to get a more holistic approach to uh, the subject. Yeah. Right. Your thoughts, Nadia? Well, I think the new subjects are, you cannot deny its uh, relevance to today's uh, markets. But I think in terms of uh, like a lot of homeschooling, Mm-hmm. Entities, you know, they focus a lot on living skills more than anything else, you see. So I don't think it should be replaced per se, you know, right. but it, it, it can be like an added. But I think re- living skills, they still do need to incorporate it somewhere. Okay, yeah. now it says here next year, all subjects except for five will be prepared, administered and marked by schools. Mm. Do you feel it's a good idea for schools to prepare their own PT3 test papers? I think it's a good challenge. You know, because all this while they've been relying a lot on the uh, submission mm. board to do everything right, and I think now it could also be uh, uh, relevant because you have a lot of different kind of schools. You know, you have high achieving schools and all that. Mm-hmm. So getting the teachers to to do you know to customize their own tests, yeah. you know, could work well, could work better for the students. Your thoughts, Terence? You know, well, if the schools are given the autonomy to mm. set their own exam uh, questions mm. I mean they they're going to fudge the questions to in, to increase or improve their academic standards mm. in, you know yeah in, in their schools I think a standardized uh, examination questions set by the examination board will be a better barometer on what are the, what the standards are and yeah. will be able to help identify diffic- uh, certain groups that need help certain mm-hmm. areas that need help you know rural f- uh, folks rural students obviously will not may not do as well as uh, kids in the in the, in the cities and this will be able to help uh, acad- uh, academicians and the education ministry to target these uh, children whom, and areas that may need uh, additional help. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll be taking a look at Elizabeth Wong getting a dressing down from the speaker. <laughs> that is up next here on Light. 
Win your share of 15K with Sounds Like a Song starts at 9 a.m. And with me on front page this morning is news editor at Astro Awani, Nadia Najib, and veteran journalist Terence Fernandez. Bukit Lanjan Assemblyman Elizabeth Wong's flamboyant, colorful attire at the Selangor State Assembly recently threatened to become a full-fledged drama. It started with Speaker Ng Sui Lin chiding her for wearing a white jacket to Tuesday's proceedings. She wore the white jacket over a high-neck white and turquoise dress and uh, maroon ankle boots. So apparently this was an issue. Is this an issue? I like Elizabeth Wong. I mm-hmm. mean, she's a very colorful character from yeah. her green hair to her purple boots. Yeah. But, well, why she's up in arms about this is, you know, yet again, women are being told what to wear and how mm-hmm. to present themselves by men. But if you look at Ng uh, Sulin, whom I also like very much from Sakin, the MP, the Adun for Sakin Chan, if you look at his point of view, you know, the regulation and the Selangor Assembly says bersuit hitam black suit mm-hmm. uh, bertali rehe dan berkasut hitam black tie and black shoes for men mm. and for women it says uh, formal wear blazer mm. and closed shoes right it doesn't say, it doesn't say what color yeah. but Elizabeth is coming from a different point of view because for a long time now you know our women representatives from Teresa, from the length of Teresa Cox skirt in parliament mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know has always been dressing has always been an issue and it always comes from the perspective of men about what is appropriate right. you know your neckline is too low your skirt is too short mm. you know you're not wearing a tudung uh, your leotards are too tight <laughs> Someone <laughs> came in leotards? <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, okay, yeah. for for me, I don't see an issue if what she wore is, um, at least it's, it's properly covered. It's decent, yeah. you know. Um, but I think it's also important for, at least for people to note that um, even with adults and MPs, they can adhere to regulations, mm-hmm. you know. So people need to see that. You see, so if there's already a regulation, mm-hmm. people need to see that, you know. I think the, the argument is that in your, your lawmakers, if you mm. can't follow your own simple regulations, right. exactly, uh, possible, <laughs> you, know? you know. But then again, there are other issues for you to yeah. occupy your time, lah. <laughs> yeah, 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 dressing, yeah. That's see? true, also. Yeah. All right. So has the drama ended there and then, or are we still discussing this? I mean, obviously not here, but you know, in the state assembly. <laughs> well, Elizabeth Wong gave a press conference where she chided the speaker. Uh, right. So she can be censured she and can. Uh, and uh, wow. suspended from the yeah, house. Yes, happened before. Okay, mm. well, we'll definitely be following this yeah. as it unfolds. Coming up, um, after Penang, Malacca will too limit its chief minister to two terms. We've got that headline up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning is veteran journalist Terence Fernandez and news editor at Astro Awani, Najia Najib. After Penang, Malacca too will limit its chief minister to two terms. Uh, in your opinion, is two terms sufficient for a chief minister to do all that he or she needs to do, Najia? Uh, I believe it is. Two terms is... Uh, ten years. Ten years, mm. right? Yo, that's a long time two. for... Yeah. If you can't do anything in 10 years, then you're quite useless. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, can such rulings apply to Menteri Basar's as well? Bully. Can. The recently launched National Anti-Corruption uh, plan, plan by Tun Mahathir, mm-hmm. the, a five-year plan to make mm-hmm. Malaysia among the top 10 cleanest countries in the world by 2030. One of the plans is to limit the tenure of Chief Ministers, Menteri Besar, Menteri Besar and yeah. even Prime Ministers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it is it is aimed at uh, preventing uh, the forming of autocratic and d- dynastic leaderships and also to address uh, you know, uh, the promotion of uh, cronyism, cronyism and uh, corruption. Nepotism, yeah. corruption. Basically, yeah. it's, 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 that, it's down to that. that okay. That's the whole there's a principle of, of this rule and uh, yes I think you should 
I mean, we, we should have a law that limits the tenure of uh, leaders. It keeps, it keeps yeah. uh, mm-hmm. lawmakers on their toes, politicians on their toes. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really have much room for uh, abuse of power. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, and it also compels the respective parties mm-hmm. to groom uh, the uh, second tier leadership. Yeah. At least we get to see fresh new faces. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, okay, um, often. Okay, well, coming up, Barisa National MP has proposed that Parliament enact an anti-hopping law, likening those who jump to other parties. As frogs and monkeys, we'll be taking a look at that headline next here on Light. On front page with me this morning, news editor at Astro Awani, Najah Najib, and veteran journalist Terence Fernandez. Now, Barisan National MP has proposed that Parliament enact an anti-hopping law likening those who jump to other parties to frogs and monkeys. <laughs> Bung Mokhtar Radin mm. is the one who said this in his debate on the Royal Address, highlighted the prevalence of party hopping in the country, especially in his home state of Sabah, where it happens after a general election generally. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is it democratically right to have an anti-hopping law in the country? Well, yes, such laws are meant to protect the interests of the majority over the vested interests of a few mm-hmm. politicians and political parties. So, I will quote the great late Karpal Singh. Mm. You, usually, you usually don't put principals and politicians in the same sentence, but you you can do that with Karpal Singh. He said, Trust of the voters is sacred. There must be honour among the representatives who won under their party ticket. He said this in 2008 when, if you remember, in Pakatan Rakyat at that time yeah. was engineering representatives from Barisan National to cross over. Mm. And he had said at that time that the DP will not accept because uh, it was just principally wrong. Yeah. Because the people vote for the party. Yes. Not so much for the individual, not not in general. Of course, you have exceptions like yeah, you do. like yeah. uh, Kuli, Tunggu Hamza. Under any, any party he contests, he will still win mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are voting for the individual. Mm-hmm. But it creates a lot of instability. You cannot get into the business of running the government after an, an election if you're just focused on widening your power base, like yeah. what Bersatu is doing yeah, now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the you know, with the hopping over of with the courting of MPs in Sabah, for mm-hmm. instance, and also mm-hmm. in the peninsula. Yeah. So when does it end? When does it stop? You know, it it, it masks the whole electoral process. Yeah, but that's one I didn't I didn't understand though, you know, because earlier on they said that oh no, we're not gonna get any no I'm no MPs, we're not gonna accept any and whatnot. Yeah. But now we're like, oh okay. It seems that, like an open, open invitation. Yeah, you know. So, right. okay, there might be a few exceptions. Oh, they have to go through this process, this process, you know. So, I mean, where does that put the rakyat who actually voted? But uh, don't forget, I mean, going back to the original question about... Uh, is it dem- democratic? Whether it's democratic, mm-hmm. the federal constitution protects your right to party hop. It be- does? Because Article 10 says that there's freedom of association. And that was what was used in a 1992 case, in the case of uh, Nordian Saleh versus uh, Dewan Undangan Negeri Kelantan, the mm. Kelantan State Assembly, when he party hopped uh, and was told to vacate his seat. But it's got to, got to come with some conditions. La. Like uh, you said, you know, earlier, mm. vacate. Mm. Your seat, mm. you know, make mm. it fair, fair to the party, fair to the people. So Kelantan and Penang today have a rule in the state constitution that says that if you were to change parties, you mm. have to vacate your seat, and mm. and then you have to push for a by election. All right. Yeah. So that's so where it stands today. Okay. It's a con- it's a conversation that we should continue to have, like, I suppose. All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Christchurch shooting and how social media is racing to stop attack footage. That's up next here on Light. Win your share of 15k with Sounds Like a Song starts at 9 a.m. The Christchurch shootings, social media races to stop attack footage. Um, I think. On the day itself, this live video that was shot by the shooter 
picture actually went viral within moments. Uh, more than mm. 900,000 downloads and, and uploads. It's really quite mind-boggling, Mind you know? Yeah. I, I just don't have the words for it. Mm. Uh, those people who shared it even now. The question I have is, is it the responsibility of the company or is it the society to stop the sharing of such videos? For me, it's the society always. I mean, first and foremost, you know, because the platform is there, you know, the companies, they prepare the platform, you know, but it's the society who abuses it, you know. You can choose. It's a choice. Mm. You, you know, you can choose either to do good or to spread negativity. Your thoughts? You know, these social media companies uh, like Facebook, you know, they make billions out of their platforms and they ha and that, and that, which means they also have to be a bit more responsible. I mean, their platforms were used by terrorists to spread ide ideologies. Mm -hmm. You know, you had horrific things being shared on, uh, being posted on YouTube, you know, by ISIS and they have been brought to task, uh, especially in Europe and America. But let's uh, Let's talk about what Najas just said. But at the same time, society also needs to be a bit more responsible. Responsible, yes. yeah. yeah. When they post things or when they, when they view stuff on uh, on social media. Now, we're talking about cens censorship laws in, uh, New in New Zealand, right? Yes. Mm. Following the crisis uh, shooting. Yeah, I believe people are being charged for sharing this um, video. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel this is right? Well, I think it's a knee-jerk reaction but from the New Zealand authorities. But then again, there are censorship laws in the U in, in New Zealand. It's called the, in the case of these two gentlemen, it's called the Film Act that allows the government to make certain videos illegal mm -hmm. to view, possess and distribute. And these are classified as objectionable videos or material, mm -hmm. which is very vague la, and, and, is, uh, open and could be open to abuse. Uh, I think once normalcy returns to the country, there will be a debate on whether such laws are open to abuse right. and uh, whether they, they need them and, uh, at all. I no. think in terms of, uh, if the question of, it, you know, should one be charged, mm -hmm. it's good because at least we can get send a message mm -hmm. out you know that this is nothing to play with you know yeah. it's a serious matter but in terms of uh, enforcing it not so much enforcing in terms of the penalty mm -hmm. penalizing for me I don't think if you put a place a fine or anything would do much but you can get people to do like community, community service, service. Yeah. I know yeah, but so if, if 900,000 people are sharing this, how are you going uh, to... Just to address that question, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very good question. 900,000 people share this, how can mm. you charge all 900,000? Mm. In the case of these two gentlemen in uh, New Zealand, mm. they were not only charged for sharing, they were because their shares were accompanied mm. by seditious or suggestively seditious comments right. and mm. captions. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody, okay. One of them posted a picture of a mosque mm. and said, target acquired. Mm. Or you can narrow it down to those, um, I read somewhere, you know, those with verified accounts who've got a large following, number yeah. of following, you know, mm -hmm. you know, where they can do more damage. That's, okay. that's one factor. Indeed. Well, we're definitely going to continue watching this story as it unfolds. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Terence Fernandez, veteran journalist and Najah Najib, news editor at Astro Awani.